0: Welcome to the Belmont Story Project. I'm Joanna Juvelis, Senior Multimedia Journalist of the Belmont Citizen Herald and Wicked Local Belmont. I've also been a Belmont resident since 2009. Today is May 30th, 2018, and I'm conducting this interview in the Claflin Room at the Belmont Public Library. Today I'm interviewing Anne-Marie Mahoney. Anne-Marie has lived in Belmont since 1962. She raised her four children here in Belmont. She has been volunteering for many different aspects of the town in government and education and now capital budget since 1988. She served as one of the only three women to ever be a selectman in the town from 2000 to 2004. Her husband, Brian, was also born and raised in in Belmont.
1: Raised in Belmont, not born.
0: Okay, raised in Belmont. Well, she's going to fill us in on all that because that's one of my first questions. Welcome, Anne-Marie. Thank you. This (laughs) is fun. I'm glad we're doing this. So tell me... How did your family come to live in Belmont?
1: My dad uh, worked for Raytheon in Waltham and we had lived in a little house in Waltham and as we had four children, uh, my parents were looking for a bigger house and did their research, wanted Belmont and we moved to Orchard Street just off of Common Street across from St. Joseph's uh, in August of
0: 1962. And how old were you, I was.
1: 10. I hadn't turned
0: 11 yet. Was that a hard move for you? Is it hard Not to move really to a new now? town?
1: no. Um, we loved the house. We loved the neighborhood. Uh, everything about it, you know, was very positive. So, no, I don't remember it as difficult at all,
0: no. Why do you think your parents chose Belmont as where they wanted to I suppose like everybody
1: else, you know, the schools, the proximity to Boston, and the fact that my dad worked in that Raytheon plant in Waltham. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. easy for him to get back and forth.
0: Now how did you meet your husband Brian?
1: My husband Brian was six years older than I was and I was the oldest of four and he was the youngest of four so we never overlapped you know through school mm-hmm. through anything and we really met as adults sort of through our parents who were friendly and through church We were both families belonged to St. Joseph's Parish and we were active and he had just gotten out of the Army, having been wounded in Vietnam, and so he was back at home for a while,
0: and just sort of messed. mess. Do you, do you remember, was it like love at first sight? Or?
1: Um, not really, no, um, but we just, I think we're very comfortable with each other. You know, we had similar backgrounds, similar upbringings, a lot of similar interests, although not completely, mm-hmm. um, but yeah we just got along, and it was we were a good fit with each other. I always said he was a morning person. I was a night person, and between the two of us, we covered every hour of the day. So
0: <laughs> was he as involved in the town as as you were?
1: He was a town meeting member uh after he came back to Belmont from the Army, he did run for town meeting, and then later, when we moved back to Golden Street, he became involved in the early phases of what is now the traffic advisory committee. Mm-hmm. He also was involved with uh, insurance in the town and those kinds of things. So yes, he was very involved.
0: And And he coached basketball, BYBA with the girls. all four of your children i know went to belmont public schools yes he also yes. went to belmont public he did schools, yes but you did not
1: i did right? not brian graduated from the high school in 1963. i went to matnon high school in cambridge and graduated in
0: 1969. why why do you think were you a, a troubled girl that your parents put uh, you in private school no, i'm I teasing
1: you again
0: i can't picture you as a <laughs> as a girl that was
1: just picture uh, me in an ugly green uniform um
0: they, like, no, I think Catholic it was the or? era.
1: The era. I mean, think back to the '60s, mm-hmm. the the early and mid '60s, and there was yeah. a lot of Catholic schools, and that's sort of what people did. So I went with a lot of kids that I knew, um, and yeah, it was just sort of the thing to do.
0: Uh, that's that's understandable because, like you said, the the times. Even even today, I don't understand why people live in Belmont and send their Children to to private
1: schools. Private school. I know it doesn't seem to make sense. We pay any the sense. taxes for these schools, right. right? Right.
0: Well, I know you were married for thirty-three years yes. to Brian, and when when did he pass away?
1: He passed away in November of two thousand
0: ten. Okay, so it's been about it's been a while. seven years, and a half years. seven yeah. and a half yeah. years. Um, um, and I know that he suffered from was it post he, PTSD. Um, he
1: He died from complications of Alzheimer's disease, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but he was wounded in Vietnam fairly seriously and uh, carried those wounds with him, really overcame a lot of um, hardship to lead a very normal life under the circumstances, but once he developed the Alzheimer's, then all of his coping mechanisms for his physical limitations really Mm -hmm. kind of fell apart.
0: Oh, I wish I, I wish I had the opportunity to know him. He was a
1: very fun guy. I think that's what people remember. He was funny. He was personable. He was very outgoing. Again, we were the perfect pair in that he was very, you know, just the life of the party, and I tended to be a little quieter and a little more reserved.
0: Well, why don't we talk a little bit about your childhood memories since you were a child when you moved to Belmont. Sure. Are there any favorite childhood memories that you could share with me
1: in thinking about this I really think of Underwood the Underwood pool ice skating at Underwood sledding at Underwood because I lived on Orchard Street we were so close Mm -hmm. the pool in the summer we all did swimming lessons
0: how was the condition of the pool then
1: (laughs) uh, it was still you know the bottom of that pool was still pretty horrible (laughs) even in those days but the interesting piece, again, go back to the early and mid-60s, was that boys and girls were not in the pool together. So I can't
0: believe that. Swimming <laughs> lessons
1: were in the morning, and it was boys and girls separately. And then in the afternoon, Monday, Wednesday, Friday was boys, and Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday was girls And Sunday was family swim, so you had to be there with, you know, family, adults, whatever. This is like
0: when you used to watch I Love Lucy, and Lucy and Ricardo were in separate beds. Yes,
1: exactly. (laughs) I was thinking about it now. It was ridiculous, but that's the way it was. (laughs) And then that area in front of the pool was volleyball courts, that kind of sunken in area right along the street. And they put nets up in the summertime. People played volleyball. But in the winter, always Thanksgiving week the town highway department would flood that and it would freeze really? and then they would come all the time and clear the snow and reflood it to keep the ice nice and smooth because no skating rink nothing else in town so that's where you went skating
0: yeah you uh-huh. just went
1: down and you know put your boots on the side and got your skates on and that was it
0: well, I know when they were redoing the Underwood Pool, a lot of people wanted to reserve that area so that it continue could continue to be an ice skating rink, and I think they did do that. They did it for a
1: while, but I watched. They it's really flooded. more like a
0: more like a mud pit. Yeah, right now.
1: <laughs> and then, of course, the hills you could coast you could go down on your sled or your toboggan there weren't any fences you could come all the way down from school street to concord avenue you just had to be careful of those trees
0: (laughs) people are still sledding and yes it is a little scary with the fence and the the trees still so So, yeah i'm sorry go ahead
1: i was gonna say and then in in thinking about it my other memory is the old high school was where the wellington is now and Mm. it fronted on orchard street and there was a big plaza that went out almost to the street. Really? And Belmont High School, which then was only grades 10, 11, and 12, held their graduation there. They set up all the chairs on Orchard Street. Really? And then on that grassy area across. And the speakers would be on this kind of balcony plaza area. Really? So after my husband and I started dating we realized that I probably sat on the front steps of my house and watched his graduation from Belmont High School. Really? <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, times really have changed. We're going from a grade 10 to 12 high school to possibly a 7 to 12. 12 now. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So speaking of change, what has changed over the years that you wish could have stayed the same? Like what do you miss about Belmont's past? What's different oh, now that, that you wish wasn't?
1: Um, I think now everything is so expensive. You know, I look at my neighborhood and houses are going for anywhere from a million, five to two million. That's crazy.
0: It is. And they don't and last. Like the minute they come on, they're, they're, they're gone. gone. They're like, gone.
1: And they're gone above asking price. And I think while Belmont was always a desirable community,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it was a step-up community. My neighbors and my friends in Belmont – Their families moved here from Waltham, Somerville, Medford. This was a place to come, but it was still an affordable place to come. (laughs) And I think, really. (laughs) I don't think that's the case anymore. (laughs) I don't think it is either, and I think you lose something. I think there was a true sense of Ah. community. You knew all your neighbors, and you played in the street, and you played Mm -hmm. on the playgrounds. And people were just more involved, maybe, in each other's lives or knew more about each other. Mm -hmm. Now I don't think that's the case. People are so focused on their work, understandably, and careers and activities and programmed activities. It it just doesn't feel the same.
0: You're right. You're right. And today um, is a half day in Belmont, and I noticed all the kids are flocking to the center. Is that something that hasn't changed that
1: you know you're right it hasn't because (laughs) Belmont Center always had attractive places to go there was a Brigham's (laughs) for a while there was a Bailey's you know there was the first national grocery store there was a Woolworths I have a distinct memory of going to that Woolworths and buying hula hoops at the beginning of one summer I have no idea how old I was how fun but yeah and so it was you can still do
0: that at Hollingsworth 5 and 10
1: yes (laughs) yes up in Cushing Square you can
0: that's great. That's that's a nice thing that hasn't changed. It's nice to see. Even stores like Winter's Hardware have yes, it's been there for years. Yes, it's is really good. I don't know how she survives in this day and age with Lowe's and Home Depot, you know, right. competing against her. But there's just something about going in a little old-fashioned hardware store. Store,
1: and, and they help you, and they know what you need, and they help you. I can't tell you how many times I go in there, either yeah. there or Hillside, and say, this is my problem. How do I <laughs> fix it?
0: <laughs> so yeah, I, I think um, – Well, what do you like most about Belmont today?
1: Belmont today, I think still the accessibility. I can jump on a bus and be in Harvard Mm -hmm. Square. I can be in downtown Boston pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's nice because I I like to, you know, I go to Huntington Theater. I go to Symphony. um, I do things with friends downtown. I enjoy that. Um, And then on the other side in your car, you know, you're out onto 128 pretty quickly and you can get to the Mass Pike. You can get almost anywhere. You're right.
0: You're um, right, about and then that.
1: That everything, at least for me, is still within walking distance: post office, the bank, the stores here at the library. That's a plus. So yeah. I'm, not, I'm not looking to do any senior over fifty-five living places just yet.
0: And what about where you live in Belmont? You like your location, or do you ever say, "I kind of wish I lived in a different part of Belmont"? Or do you like? I love
1: my lo- my location, but right now the traffic is a horror show.
0: It's and a that's
1: yeah. That's really detracting from the neighborhood around me. Is how, the, how
0: long has it been a oh, show on that street? The
1: last three years, it's really multiplied incrementally.
0: Why do you at think the that? Both ends is?
1: of the day, I think the prevalence of the you know the apps, ways for mm-hmm. example, sends people down my street. I think people trying to avoid Fresh Pond are cutting through Belmont in both directions mm-hmm. from Lexington and from Route Two. I think that hurts. And I think now people, fewer kids are walking or riding their bikes, and so parents are doing this constant driving around, picking up, dropping off. And that adds to the traffic, too. So that's a little bit of a detriment to where where I live, but I still love yeah. the proximity of where I live.
0: Yeah, I, I have to admit I worry about my child on a bike just because we don't have... A bike path that you know that that goes through the whole town. So right. I'm hoping that we can get that someday. Someday. <laughs> um, So let's talk about your service to the to the town. You've been so involved, and you, your kids were young when you started to get my involved. kids were
1: so young. I ran what? for town meeting in 1986. So at that point, my older one or two were just starting to go to school. So to what inspired you to do that? Like, why? Um, what was it? Interestingly, it was the traffic <laughs> at that point. As I said, we as a neighborhood really? were just getting involved in traffic issues then before there was a traffic advisory really? committee. Me, the other neighbors, Ralph Jones that's how Ralph Jones first got involved in the neighborhood. He lived up the street on Upper Golden Street.
0: Really? Um, I and didn't then
1: know once I got into town meeting. And my kids started going to school. Then I got very interested in the school system, and I ran for school committee in 1988. And at that point, only my older two at the Wellington, my younger two, were still not in school yet. And so I toted them around all the time to meetings. They will tell you how miserable they were, allegedly, at that time, because they had to go to meetings and sit quietly in the corner of a room.
0: (laughs) Now, I know you were one of the first of... female select member was it like that on the school committee too actually it wasn't there was always a
1: lot of women on the hmm. school committee and in fact at one point there were five women and one gentleman fred dagnan and we called ourselves five moms and fred <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's cute now when you ran for selectmen it was the year 2000 2000 yes so what inspired you to do that
1: actually bill skelly was stepping down Mm-hmm. And he and others approached me about running for what would be an empty seat. Were you and on it, the school committee? I was at the on time? the school committee. I was finishing out 12 years on the school committee. I definitely was getting off the school committee. Mm-hmm. I had only stayed on that last term to finish the Chenery Middle School building project. I was on that building committee. Wow. The middle school opened in 97. You know, we were finishing up, we were done. And I thought, well, okay, I can move on to Selectman. That's fine. And at that point, now my kids are all grown. They're in the high school. A um, couple of them mm-hmm. had graduated already. So it seemed like a good time to do that. So I did. And I, I ran on a post. So you did? It, it was easy. Yeah.
0: Who, who did you serve with? Though? Thank you, Bill Skelly. Um, <laughs>
1: I served with Will Brownsberger and Bill Monahan. And then later with Paul Solomon.
0: Now, were you a select woman before Ann Paulson or After. Yeah, after. It was
1: after So it was Anne Paul in terms of the women, it was Anne Paulson, then Anne Tobbs Warner, and then me, and we never overlapped with each other, any of the three of us.
0: I still can't believe the three women, the only three women, were all named
1: Anne. Anne right, right.
0: That is a little freaky, don't you think?
1: It is, and <laughs> Anne Paulson is also Anne Marie, although she doesn't go by Ann Marie. But yeah, it is a little weird.
0: I know that when when Anne Paulson shares stories of her time as a selectman, she said it, it wasn't easy. And she was never given a chairmanship during her time. And I don't know if that was because she was a woman or if it because she had different views.
1: It was just politics at the time. Yeah, so what was it
0: like for you being the only woman? Probably
1: not as difficult as it was for her. Mm-hmm. Um, I got along well with both gentlemen and all three and Paul Solomon, uh, mm-hmm. even though we had very different views. And when I came onto the board of selectmen, I was... In people's minds or people's perception, I was aligned with Bill Monahan, But I really mm-hmm. wasn't. I really think that we represented three different and unique views and constituencies. And I think people very quickly saw that when I wasn't in lockstep with him. You know, many times I, I endorsed what Brownsberger was doing or what Solomon was doing. I think mm-hmm. we all had our own viewpoints, and I think that was very healthy. So, you know, I felt it worked. I felt it worked
0: well. Well, this was about... Um, what are we going back, 18 years now, Mm. Um, what were the hot issues then? Like now it's the high school and, um, you know, debt exclusions and overrides in the near future and OPEB liability. I mean, what was it then?
1: (laughs) It was a number of things. It was still buildings. Uh, While I was on the board of Selectmen, we got the replacement of the two fire stations going.
0: Oh, wow. And
1: we got the senior center going. Uh, it was about overrides and debt exclusions. We did a debt exclusion for roads. Uh, the hot topic then was roads. How do we maintain our roads? How do we set aside a sum of money that mm-hmm. will be dedicated to roads? And so that was the first attempt and a one that, that passed. Um, what else? The other hot topics were McLean's and the Upland's. By oh, 2000, really? right, we were finishing up or just had finished the McLean agreement. That had been a very hot, very contentious situation. For, for, for a someone of who's years. not
0: familiar, what can you tell us about that?
1: Well, when McLean's going back into the mid 90s decided they, uh, you know, what is now Partners, needed to raise money and they looked at the McLean's campus, mm-hmm. they owned McLean's and they said, hey, we can raise some money here by selling off a part of this campus. But it was all in Belmont, and so they entered into a negotiation with the town of Belmont as to how the parcels would be sold and what would go in, and it required a lot of zoning changes, and it was a very long, protracted process. Mm -hmm. It resulted in the acquisition of... um, Acreage for the cemetery up there, Highland Meadow, which is great. Right, okay. And it resulted in the townhouses that you see. Yeah. But what never came to fruition was an R and D facility, which would have produced some good tax revenue for the town.
0: And, and what I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: No, and a a geriatric uh, Alzheimer's dementia care not facility but a series of facilities. They were proposing to go from the condos to assisted living to nursing home care, to full hospital care, Mm -hmm. and that would be part of their study of the brain and dementia and Alzheimer's, and yet it would provide a wonderful ongoing care facility for people. Now,
0: why didn't that come to fruition? What Um, happened?
1: There was a very strong opposition to all of it. By who? Um, By a small consortium of people who were, you know, predominantly of one mindset that all of the open space had to be preserved at any cost, and Mm -hmm. they were opposed. And there was another set of people in the town who were saying, but wait, McLean's is going to do something, we need to participate, and this is an opportunity for us that will never come again to Hmm. get cemetery space, to get additional revenue, to provide this kind of housing and support Mm -hmm. for our aging population. So, so
0: where is that land now? Like, who has that land now? Who?
1: Well, we have the cemetery. The townhouses are there. Mm-hmm. They never developed the dementia care facilities, and they never developed the R&D. Is there R&D. still a
0: possibility that could happen? I would hope so, but I don't know. Um, I know that the campus has a couple of buildings that aren't even being used, and, in fact, right. there was a fire in one of them a few years back because possibly someone was living in there and started a fire. Right. Um... So is that is that part of that land that could be?
1: Probably, yes. Yeah. I mean, we had agreements about preserving the historic buildings and those kinds of things.
0: So there, there's there's still hope, possibly. There is. This could there happen.
1: is. And then the other hot topic was the uplands, what would happen there. That oh. had been rezoned for uh, commercial development for R&D, which, again, low impact on Belmont, but high revenue, which was fantastic. And then, again, pretty much the same open space crowd. Wanted to preserve for open space. Yes, and again, but look what happened as a result. Exactly. We could be collecting tax revenue. Instead, we're going to see an influx of children into the schools. and, and the Right. Royal Belmont is part of that, right? A lot of services, and um, yes.
0: Is yes. it all a 40B or some of it's a 40B? I believe some of it is a 40B. Some right? of it, right. Right. Well, so I, I think, think in my
1: mind, we lost two good opportunities for tax revenue.
0: Some things never change, right? That's right. Because you th- got it. there's still a lot of people opposed <laughs> uh-huh. to things, you know. Um what what are your hopes for Belmont's future with with what's happening now and in the near future that the high school, the, you know, the debt exclusion for that. What like what are, what are your hopes for Belmont's future?
1: Well, when I look back say to 2000 when I came on the board of selectmen, at that juncture Bill Monahan had formed what we ultimately called the mega group. And it was representatives from every elected and appointed board and committee in town Mm -hmm. to look at what was then a very long list of capital projects that needed to be addressed. So the good news is that in 18 years, Mm -hmm. we have addressed the fire stations, the town hall complex, the Wellington School, the senior center. We've done the track and field twice. (laughs) We've done a lot and we've done a lot of really good things and we actually are inching toward the end of that list which is the high school mm-hmm. the library the dpw and the police and when we get don't those forget the skating rink amory taking, taking care of i know <laughs> the, the skating rink and the something to do with the whitefield house and how we ultimately deal with the incinerator site but still to be able to say in 18 years we're at the end of that list i think is pretty awesome uh, what happens in the future? I think we have to look at, you know, smart growth, as they say. We've we've made some good decisions, I think, in zoning to preserve the mm-hmm. character of the town, particularly the residential pieces of the town. Mm-hmm. And I think what we did with Belmont Center is beautiful. I think that now has become a very vibrant place. It still needs parking. We have to address that. Yeah. Cushing Square, hopefully, with that development, we'll see the same kind of vibrant revitalization. So third on the list is Waverly Square. How do we deal with Waverly Square? And that's a very important section of our town.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's, for many people, it's the entree to the town. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a tight-knit, really nice community with the Butler School, a number of churches, daycare centers, the shopping that's there, the access to the mm-hmm. train and the, the trolley, the bus. Right. Um, And I think we need to really pay attention to how we develop that in a very positive way.
0: Well, when you were a child, when you first moved to town, what was that part of town like? Was it like it is today still? Kind of not. Uh, Waverly was sometimes
1: considered sort of the poor stepchild. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's come up from there.
0: Um, Was there a bowling alley over there or something? I thought I heard there was one under Wheelworks or something.
1: There was. Thank you. I had totally forgotten about that. Did yes, you used to go was. there? Was yes, that, I did. Like,
0: what was a favorite thing yes. you used to like to do, like as a?
1: Yes, that bowling alley rec- and the movies, the Studio Theater. You know, they yeah. always had,
0: which was in danger of closing kids, not too long I know, ago.
1: They always had kids' movies there. It was great. yeah.
0: So that, luckily, we still have that. I but kinda you could wish ride your
1: bicycle around without taking your life in your hands. You know, you mm. could you could do a lot of things that you really can't do now.
0: No, as a result of maybe just too much Too, too much, much traffic, traffic. Yeah. yeah. So what's, what's your advice to new residents of Belmont, people who?
1: I would say get involved, and the yeah. get involved can be on any level. It can be get involved in your child's school with either the PTO or just activities. Every school has their, you know, school fair and their book fair and their, oh, you know, parents' nights where they do things. Get involved in that. I know parents Mm -hmm. are busy I know everybody's working get involved in the sports you know my husband Ashley Bryan and Debbie Rosales were the coordinators for years of the girls grade five and six BYBA basketball the Saturday Mm -hmm. basketball that was such a great outlet for Mm -hmm. kids to be able to to go to either i understand they've expanded now from the high school up to the chenery but to go and just Mm -hmm. play basketball with kids your own age and have a good time and it it wasn't as competitive it wasn't about traveling teams and all of that Mm -hmm. get involved in some things like that it only takes a few hours a week and then if people Mm -hmm. are so inclined certainly get involved in town meeting or volunteer for a committee there's so many committees in town and they're always looking for good people to get involved
0: that's true. So, yeah. do you do you have a favorite event or tradition, a favorite Belmont event or tradition?
1: Oh boy. Uh, I think because we're at May thirtieth, which is the real Memorial Day, I think the Memorial Day tradition in Belmont is very special. The fact that we're able to still do a parade, that we have our bands in those parades and our veterans and that we do such a beautiful ceremony at Belmont Cemetery. This week yes. on Monday was really lovely. I think Bob Upton gets a lot of credit, our new veterans agent, for organizing that. And it's it's very special, you know, when they read the names, when they read the Vietnam names. Teddy Lee and Donnie Ray were contemporaries of my husband. They were killed in Vietnam. Jonathan mm-hmm. Curtis, I'm a friend of Pam Curtis's. Jonathan Curtis was killed the same day my husband died. Really? And so he was killed in Afghanistan. So we always have that bond with each other. And so that day is very special.
0: I agree. It is, it's very special. Um, Let me just see where we're at here. Tell me how you got involved in the capital capital budget. You've been involved with that for a long, long time. I do,
1: and that was really happenstance. I lobbied the selectmen when I was on the school committee to include a school committee representative to the capital budget committee because I felt, you know, six, seven, eight of the buildings in town were school buildings. And so they represented the majority of our capital. Uh, So then when I became a selectman, there was a school committee person on. I wasn't it. I was on the board of selectmen. I became the Selectman's representative to the capital budget, and I really enjoyed that committee a lot. I loved the people. I loved the fact that we kind of flew under the radar. We mm-hmm. weren't as public as Warrant Committee. And so when I got off the board of selectmen and kind of came up from air after some family issues, Henry Hall, who was the town meeting moderator, asked me if I would serve as an appointee, and I said yes. And I, I think that was 2007. Can't even mm-hmm. remember. And I've been there ever since. And I just, I really enjoy capital. I enjoy the hands-on. I enjoy the fact that it's buildings and it's projects. Mm-hmm. I just really like it. And so from there, you know, I got involved in major capital projects and now building committees. I had done the Chenery Building Committee, which was my first taste of working on buildings. And now I'm working with the DPW and the Police Building Committee.
0: Well, that's good to know. Now, a lot of people don't know another side of you, Anne Marie. But I, <laughs> I actually learned myself that that you run a drop-in bereavement group, and you have a degree in religious. I have a degree in pastoral ministry. Pastoral ministry. How did how did all that come to be? I mean, You were a teacher. Almost happenstance,
1: yes. I was a high school English teacher. I stayed home to raise my kids. I got involved in local politics. And then when all those college bills started hitting, I said, "Uh uh-oh, I've got to go back to work. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I went back to work as a director of religious education at St. Joseph's Mm -hmm. Parish because I had the education background. Yeah. And from there, I went to Boston College part-time and earned a master's degree in pastoral ministry. Mm Mm-hmm enjoyed that piece of the work. I always enjoyed not so much the classroom piece, but the retreat piece, the forming programs, the doing uh, programs for parents Mm -hmm. and and those kinds of things. I left St. Joseph's and went to uh, St. Julia's in Weston, very different parish, Mm -hmm. but still really enjoyed more of the public presentation work. And when I was in Weston, I also did some work with Blessed John uh, Seminary out there as well. Mm -hmm. So when I decided to stop working after my husband died, but I wanted to do something that still incorporated all those skills. And my own experience with my husband's death and very shortly after my husband died, both of my parents passed away, Mm -hmm. as did some Mm in-laws. So, and I felt there was a void. There was nothing out there for people to kind of hang on to. People are very good with you as are churches and other organizations, hospitals, hospice leading up to and during the process of the funeral and the immediate needs but mm-hmm. after that it's like we're done we don't want to hear from you get over it
0: know it's too bad and that's yeah. not the
1: case so i worked with did some extra coursework at bc formed a program i call creative bereavement mm-hmm. uh which is i've run it as four six or eight weeks in various mm-hmm. locations churches and senior centers And it just addresses people more than a year out. What happens when you wake up one morning and say, wow, what just happened? And from there, Mm -hmm. I developed this once a month drop-in, which is very casual, no no format, no nothing. Just come, be with other people who are grieving some sort of loss. And it's parents, children, in-laws, siblings, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: whatever. It just, these people come together and they support each other and they understand what the other person is going through. So true, and yeah. it just gives them an opportunity, like a safe space, to vent and to talk. And so I do it at the senior center the first Tuesday of every month, and it's been very successful. I think it it fits a niche, oh, I it think serves it's a, a purpose. A, it's
0: a great program. It's a great. So program. that's
1: sort of the other side. It's a nice balance to the detail of the town work and the very intense intellectual stuff. And then this is the more, emotional sort of warm fuzzy
0: stuff. Do you ever sleep, Anne-Marie? <laughs> I
1: do. I do. And actually, I love sleeping late. <laughs> I'm not a morning person. All those 8 but o'clock You just meetings seem like there. you are very busy.
0: <laughs> go, go, go. We do see each other a lot between we my do. job and, and everything do. that you do. And it was really nice having you on. I mean, we could talk even longer. There's so much about town, the town history and your involvement. But I think we're out of time. And I want to thank you for coming on. Thank you the for the project. This has been good. If anyone would like to be part of the Belmont Story Project, you should definitely get in touch with me at belmont at wickedlocal.com to schedule an interview. Or you can call Nancy at the Belmont Public Library. She's at 617-993-2879. It's a way of preserving Belmont's history and People like Anne-Marie sharing their stories, things that you wouldn't know unless you actually talked to her about it. And I learned a lot today. Okay, <laughs> this is short good, time. I'm glad. So thank you again, everybody, for tuning in. See you next time.